Morgan Chaudhry is a senior, and she'll be graduating later this month with a degree in biology. For the past couple years, she's been studying microplastics in local river systems. I started out in fall of 2019 um, at Eastern, and that was kind of just figuring out, you know, how do we how do we even do this? Like, how do we make the lab into a microplastics lab, and you know, digesting stuff and figuring out a net? We we tried. Um, sewing a net and that was somewhat of a disaster because none of us were you know great seamstresses her symposium project specifically focuses on rain snow and wastewater treatment plants and how they can act as highways for microplastics to enter our waterways i'll let producer ethan myers take it from here what are microplastics so a microplastic is essentially just any piece of plastic that's smaller than five millimeters there's kind of two ways that you can get plastics. So people will produce plastics that are smaller than five um, millimeters, and those are called primary microplastics. So that can be used in anything like exfoliating, uh, you know, face washes, body washes, um, toothpaste. They put small little pieces of plastic. And so they're kind of produced to be that small already. But another way that you can get plastic is just any breakdown of a normal plastic, you know, piece of plastic in the environment. So greenhouses that are made of plastic, those can, you know, be weathered down from UV or water bottles, you know, car tires, stuff like that can just be broken down and it just keeps breaking down until it's so small that you can't even tell it's there. Uh, how exactly did you go about doing your research? I saw in one part uh, it mentioned the, uh, the Huron River, and that's the one right off of campus, right? Yeah, so it's it's close to campus. So actually, I was just out sampling today um, with my research advisor, Dr. Judd, and um, the master's student I'm working with, um, Jen Troost. And broadly, what we do is, you know, get in the water. We have this net. It's called a mantatrol, but it's small enough where we can capture all the plastics um, smaller than five millimeters in this giant net. And you go out in the water and you hold it there. You have to figure out how much water is going through the net. And then after that, we kind of take that back to the lab. And when you have it in the water for so long, you kind of accumulate all this sort of, you know, other organic stuff so like leaves or, you know, sometimes fish, dead fish. And so you have to kind of digest it out. So we use acid and hydrogen peroxide, and that takes about 10 days to do that process. Then we add salt, and then the separation between the salt and the plastic will make them rise to the top of the water. And then we take that and then we look at that under a microscope. I think anywhere you go right now, in any waterway, you're going to see at least some trash floating around. But specifically what I'm looking at is kind of the impacts of weather, like rainfall or snowmelt, kind of taking plastics that are in the terrestrial environment, so on the ground, and kind of washing them into waterways. So not only do we have the whole problem of, you know, there already are this whole, like, all these plastics in the water. You also have all these ones that are being washed down, you know, from roads or from um, houses into the waterways and kind of just adding into the amounts already there. Why exactly should we worry about them? 
Right now, the World Health Organization says that they're not a threat to humans, but in some studies that have been done on different organisms, they've actually been shown to alter reproductive output. Um, they've been shown to kind of just mess with bodily function in some organisms. You know, if a small little organism, like, like a small fish or something, eats enough plastic, they can feel like they're full. So they might not be bringing in all the nutrients that they need, and they might not be eating enough to where it kind of kind of lowers their health just generally. Plastics also have the ability to adsorb chemicals onto their surface, which is essentially just they can they they do really well at transporting chemicals. And so harmful chemicals that are, you know, in facilities where small plastics are produced, they could travel down and a fish could eat it or something could happen where it just keeps um, moving from more, one organism to the next. The most I've found in one sample is 62 mi microfibers, which is a lot. I, I don't remember exactly how much water um, that was from off the top of my head, but I feel like that's a lot in just, you know, a small stream that you wouldn't really think anything of. And I will say a majority of them were microfibers, which a microfiber is essentially um, the fibers that come off of your clothing. So any synthetic clothing, like activewear, um, they have like very, you know, thin fibers in the clothing. And when you wash your clothes, um, they come out, like a ton come out. I don't know the number now, but like thousands come out of your clothing per, you know, laundry wash. So um, that's another huge issue is that, you know, every time you run your washing machine, you're essentially sending all of that to the wastewater treatment plants. And, you know, it's their job to kind of take that out of the water. But obviously they're not doing that great of a job in you know, taking it out. I mean, they do have about, I think, a 98 to 99% efficiency in removing microplastics from the water that is sent through the wastewater treatment plants, but that's still, you know, it. there's so many that are coming through it that there's still going to be some released in some right. capacity. You talked about how uh, there have no been no like studies about its impact on humans yet, but you mentioned some of the like short term impacts regarding fish. Uh, what are some of the more like long term impacts microplastics might have for the environment? Have there been any studies on that? Yeah, and I I don't want to say that there haven't been studies done on humans. It's just um, they kind of been have been ruled you know not significant yet. So for the environment, there are just kind of a plethora of ways that plastics can be detrimental. So obviously they can carry chemicals around, um, but also we're seeing such an increase in the amount of plastics that we're finding. I mean, they've found plastics pretty much everywhere now. And having organisms eat these, like I was saying, you know, like short term, Maybe it wouldn't kill an organism, but just if they keep eating all this um, plastic, it's not going to be good, and it's just going to keep compounding the effects of it, um, which I think it also, you know, could lead to impacts on humans because, 
you know, in a marine system or even in an aquatic system, you know, people eat fish that we catch in the water. And if they're eating plastics and, you know, humans could end up eating the plastics as well. So um, just kind of this accumulation from organism to organism is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just crazy how much plastic, you know, you can, how much plastic is out there, honestly. I can already see some of them, but uh, what would be some pr practical applications for your research? Obviously, we don't want microplastics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think just generally bringing awareness to it as well, just because, you know, I feel like as like a scientist, I feel like maybe I, you know, hear more about this type of stuff. Um, and to someone who might not know that, you know, my clothing is producing plastic, the water bottle I'm throwing out my window is, you know, causing huge problems for fish. You know, I think just knowing generally what kind of issues there could be down the line and how many we're finding in the water is pretty big. But also I think it kind of sets, it sets up more potential studies in the future to figure out more, which I think is really important. I would say that you know, I have so many more questions after doing this. Um, and I feel like I've learned a lot already, but there's so much more that, you know, we need to learn about this. Thank you so much to Morgan Chaudhry for sharing her project with us. Her symposium project is still available to view at the online platform, and the link to that is available on our website and in the podcast description. To learn more about EMU's undergraduate symposium, you can visit emish.edu forward slash symposium. This episode was reported by Ethan Myers and produced by myself, Ronia Kabansug. Thanks for listening.